What most people, what they want to know is that I'm now driving like a huge car, like expensive, bought an amazing house. But in reality, it's all BS. You didn't take a helicopter here today? No, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> I took my private jet. <laughs> Welcome to Start Yours, a podcast by Oberlo about what it's like to start your own thing. Whether that's a blog or an e-commerce store, perhaps you are thinking of ditching the day job or starting a side hustle, whatever it is, we have got you covered. I'm Alicia McCormack, and today I'm sharing a classic episode of Start Yours, where my colleague David Ranikar speaks to Mordecai Arba, who is really an old school dropshipper, and he's not old. He's not physically old, but he's been in the game for quite some time. Mordecai is a serial store launcher, and he is the first to admit that they're not always home runs, but he has had lots of success, particularly in the area of dropshipping. David talks to Mordecai about what makes his successful stores successful and what makes his less successful stores less successful. Mordecai also runs ecomhunt.com, and in the interview, he shares what it's taught him about finding winning products. And winning products, air quotes, is a term that Mordecai has claimed as his own, but we're still waiting to see the trademark papers. Anyway, I know you will enjoy this episode as much as I did. And if you're keen to follow the show, all you need to do is hit subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and you will be able to listen to the entire back catalogue. Also, if you have a suggestion or perhaps you want to be a guest on Start Yours, then please do get in touch. David and I love to hear from our listeners. All you need to do is hit us up on our email podcast at obelo.com and that will come straight to us and hopefully we can feature you or feature your idea on an upcoming episode. Okay, here is David's interview with Mordecai. Your first big dropshipping store was selling photography gear. And this was back in, in 2017 and, and this store really blew up and it, it generated more than 1 million in sales. And this is kind of the, the dream for lots of people to find a product or to find a niche and then just scale and scale and scale. What was it like for you to go from, you know, a few years prior, never having even heard of dropshipping to then, you know, having this store that, that all of a sudden was up over seven figures? Well, what most people want to want to know, what, the, what they want to know is that I'm now driving like a huge car, like expensive, bought an amazing house, and I, but in reality, it's all BS. The reality is that when you run this, this volume, you know, when you have like this huge store, it's, it's really hard. You uh, didn't take a helicopter here today? No, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> I took my private jet. <laughs> but, but seriously, it's like, it's, it's really hard because every step on the scaling process is like a new, it's a different business. Like it's a whole new world, you know? So if you're selling like for 5K a month and then you sell for 10K a month, it's totally different. It's like a new business. You need to, uh, to talk to suppliers. You need to have like everything in place, everything organized, logistics, uh, marketing, budget, cash flow is like the biggest pain, you know, no one thinks about cash flow, but you're spending a lot of money before making any money. Mm -hmm. And most, many people, many dropshippers say like, yeah, you, you can simply spend what you just earned, you know, to keep scaling. But it's not true because you have like fees. So if you're scaling too fast and you don't have like this big cash flow behind you, you will get stuck. And this is like hell for dropshippers because that means you need to stop the ads. You need to pay everyone before getting anything. And you know, 
it's it's cool, you know, you're making sales. I remember that day when we started to do like over 10K a day in sales, it was like amazing. The Shopify notification was like- The ka-ching. <laughs> the ka-ching thing. <laughs> yeah, I recall, I remember myself like shutting it off, you know? Uh -huh. It was so annoying because it was great, like every second. Problem. And there are some good experiences and it sounds like really, really good, but something that I, I think would be like really important for your new users is that dropshipping is a business like any other business. So you always need to be on the numbers. And if you don't, you miscalculate like the smallest part in this business, you will lose your margins. Mm -hmm. And I know for a fact, because if, if I recall, I like this $200,000 store and all left from this store was like nothing. Mm -hmm. Everything was spent. Like we were going from winner to winner to winner to winner. And uh, this is like what most dropshippers do. They look for a winner, they want to scale it, and they want to collect the profit, and they don't really think about it as a real business. Mm -hmm. And I think like this is the core problem of dropshipping. Like everyone is like, yeah, I'm going to make a lot of money. I'm going to be rich in one month. Doesn't yeah. work like that? It doesn't work like that. Yeah, you, you mentioned before that. Yeah, that it takes uh, two months. <laughs> no, no, just kidding. <laughs> you said, you said before, we, uh, before we hopped on that you had a few stores that, that didn't that weren't home runs. Yeah. What, what was few few would, would be like really nice. Okay. <laughs> a few is really nice. I had a lot of stores that didn't work. I actually have today many stores that didn't work. Like almost every two weeks, I launch a new store, trying a new niche, a new product, and th this is the spirit. Like you need to you to always be on top of your emotions. You know, you fail, you come back again, you try again. This is this is this business. You know, so. We started with general stores, and this is what I also suggest to anyone out there. Don't start with a niche because you need to learn so much. The curving, the learning curve is like huge. And just to define those real quick, so a, a niche store uh, is a store that sells uh, products that are all very much tied together. They're all very specific uh, around a particular theme, uh, and, and they would tend to, to go after a very specific target audience. And then a general store, on the other hand, is a store that has a wide variety uh, of products that might appeal to uh, an equally wide variety of of people. So I guess a, a question that would come from that is is if you've seen you know in your experience working with dropshippers, uh, if you've seen certain characteristics or traits um, that might indicate uh, that somebody would be uh, better suited for for one or the other when it comes to a niche store versus a general store. That's that's like a good question because both of them are good concepts. I cannot say like this works better than that, but it also depends on your skills. So if you are already a really experienced marketer, you know how stores should look like, and you have like a lot of experience in basically in marketing, I would say like go niche directly. You don't need to waste your time on general stores, but most people don't have this experience. Mm -hmm. They need to learn like Facebook ads, they need to learn about email marketing, retargeting, remarketing, retargeting on website, native ads, YouTube ads, Google. There's so, so many stuff you need to, to learn. So I, I would say like go general, test many products and do Facebook ads, focus on that until you, you feel like comfortable with the, with the platforms, until you feel like you know your stuff. And at some point you will find a winner that you would want to probably pivot to a niche store. So I, I wanted to ask you about about saturated products, and, and this is you know on your on ecom hunt, there's actually a like a metric for how saturated a certain mm -hmm. product might be, and there's kind of a common sense calculation that uh, you don't want to sell a product that's already really saturated, but but you also don't want to sell a product that nobody's interested in, so that there should be some sort of like 
happy medium here between you know too much and too little. Mm-hmm. Um, how should people approach this, uh, in both in terms of e-com hunts, own metrics, and then also just generally, uh, when is something mm-hmm. uh, too saturated versus not popular enough? Between us and I, everyone I, listening. I, and everyone listens. <laughs> <laughs> no, so it's a secret that will be revealed. Um, I don't really believe in this concept. You know, people are saying saturated products. I, I truly believe that it doesn't matter the product. What matters is like how you market it, how you price it, how you build the story around this product, and you can take almost any product out there and scale it and make sales with it. And even if you don't scale it, you can still make sales. So if someone out there thinks that products are getting saturated, it's wrong. Like <laughs> we have this, uh, actually we had this uh, dude, he tested the product on e-command like from two years ago, and he scaled for over $1 million in sales with a saturated product. Mm-hmm. So you can see that there is some kind of a rotation on the, f- on the social networks, like people are changing all the time. So if you, even if you take an old product, it can still, you know, you can refresh and, and, and resell it. So fidget spinners could still be a thing, huh? Yeah, I'm not sure about that. <laughs> I, I think this, this is <laughs> That's a good example. <laughs> yeah, I think that this is a good example for a saturated product, uh-huh. but most of them are not saturated. When I see a saturated product, I, I, I'm a bit excited because it's already proven to work. Uh-huh. I don't need to come up with the right strategy and test hundreds of different creatives to know what works. I just need to take what's already working, refresh it, make it a new, make it feel new and resell it. That's it. What does that process look like? I mean, you, you mentioned that yeah, you, yeah, can't, so, you can't do it with everything. Maybe, yeah. maybe there are some things that are like tr- yeah, really, truly saturated. But, spinner. Yeah. Spinner. But uh, what, what would, you know, how, how would you identify one of these opportunities uh, where something is, uh, in some people's eyes, it's saturated, but for other people, it's, it's, it's brand mm. new. Well, I think that this, this type of products are the products that solves a problem. I think the problem always exists. Mm-hmm. Even if someone solved this product, yeah, this problem like a few years ago, it's still a problem. You know, people are growing, people are joining Facebook every day, every month, like it's new active users. It's not always the same people. So I think that even if you solve the problem and you solve it like for a long time, I think there is room, you know, there was always be people with the same problem Mm -hmm. that no one reached to them and said like, hey, we have a solution. Different languages, different countries, Mm -hmm. like the world is huge. Even if you scale to seven figures like weekly, you can still tap into this market. And uh, a great example for this type of product is the black uh, mask. Do you remember this black mask, this cream that you put on your face? Like it opens up your pores. Or yeah, yeah, yeah. So this was like the spinner, the the, the fidget spinner, like at, back in uh, 2017, I think. And everyone said like this product is saturated. Everyone started to sell it like really intense. It was like the huge spinner of beauty and creams mm-hmm. and stuff. And at 2018, one year later, I told to a friend of mine like I'm going to sell the black mask. And it's like, man, this market is already it's done. It's done. Like the reviews are nasty. Like people crush this product. And like, I'm going to prove everybody that we can still sell this product. So I uploaded a new ad, a new copy, rebranded the page, new, everything was fresh, brand new. And I targeted Canada. Mm-hmm. And the reason I went for this country that it is because I figured that on AliExpress, it's too expensive to ship this black mask. So most sellers didn't even bother to target Canada. Mm-hmm. 
So this is what I did. And we started to get sales like <laughs> every day, like five sales, five sales, six sales. I couldn't scale it. It, it was like a non-scalable product, but I still made money. So people shouldn't be too scared off by saturation. Got yeah. it. What, yeah. what are some other things that, that you think people should keep in mind as they're evaluating how, how legit a product could be um, to sell in their own store? First of all, buy that product. Mm. Order one of these, like I, I always do. Every time I want to sell a product online. So go to Amazon, go to YouTube, go to Google, go to blogs that talk about these products and try to see if it's a really good product, if it's actually working before trying to sell it. Because eventually you will get chargebacks, yeah. refunds, and a bad reputation, and you will end up closing your store. You don't want that. And if you see that everything is okay, order <laughs> one of them to your place, like check it out, use it, try to see like if it's a good product. Mm -hmm. So for example, we had this product that we want to sell. It was like uh, a case for iPhone. Mm -hmm. And on the back of the case, you could write stuff. All right. Like, like a lead, I don't, I, don't, I don't even know how the technology works, but it was really cool. You could write down like groceries, uh, tasks, uh -huh. uh, numbers. So when I saw this product, I was like, yeah, all people will love this product, it's really cool. And we ordered one. And we did the test like for two months. <laughs> so most people will never do that. But I really want to know how long will the text appear on the back of my phone? Mm -hmm. Like, will it be erased with uh, afterward two days or it's there infinity? So we wrote something. I left it on my desk and for two months it was still on the screen. So I was like, okay, this product this is, is a good one. one. This is a good one. Uh -huh. This is a, a good example, I think, for anyone that wants to sell something online. Order a unit. It's not expensive, test it. It will take like two weeks to, to arrive. Yeah, if, if you're positive about the quality and you know that you can stand behind your product, it will also give you, you will be more confident about your store and about what you answer to your customers. Is this step of ordering a sample product? I mean, you talk to dropshippers all the time. Is this something that you see not everybody doing? I mean, is this kind of a foreign concept for some people to, to actually go ahead and order the product? I think that most sellers don't do it. They don't even bother to, to check the product. They mm -hmm. simply want the money. They want to sell online, they want to make money. And this is actually, this is something that I, I personally uh, dislike because someone is giving out their money mm -hmm. to buy from you. They, they trust your store. They decided that they want to do business with you and you're shipping them like a really poor product. And it's bad karma. I think it's simply bad karma. Okay. Yeah. On like so, a, on a spiritual level. Not, yeah. Not yeah, just, I not think, just chargebacks. Yeah. And... Yeah. I think on a spiritual <laughs> level, it will eventually there will be a chargeback in some way. I don't know. Chargeback on your soul. Maybe. Yeah. Something <laughs> like that. So I think you should definitely check products if, if you're going to sell online. I wanted to ask you about AliExpress. That's, this is a, a platform that people use to source dropshipping products and, and it's unbelievable how much stuff is on AliExpress. You know, you can find 200 different versions of the exact same thing. You've spent as much time studying products mm -hmm. as anybody and AliExpress, you know, as this product mecca, you know, it, it's where a lot of dropshippers turn. Then what are some of the things that you look for in the AliExpress infrastructure that might signal that a product's good? So by that, I mean the orders or the reviews. If you see a product that looks cool, all right, great start, but then what's like the next step to determine how viable that is? It's easy to find a good product. You know, you can see like if, if you said wow when you saw it or what is this you know when you have like a, re a re emotional reaction when you see the product i think that this is the first sign of a good product the second step would be like is it actually working you know it could, it could be like weird or wow or what is this 
but that's it. It stopped there. And mm -hmm. if if the if you don't have the next step, which is like, is it working? Like, is this real? If you don't have that step, this product is not a winner. So you need to have these two two steps. Then what I usually do is like put it like in this uh, Excel sheet, mm -hmm. you know, and then I start to calculate like if I had like a conversion for uh, ten dollars, how much money would I make? I add inside like the fees. I add inside the cost of the fulfillment, the cost of the shipping. And then I build up like this huge uh, file where I can type in like a thousand orders. How much money do I make? 500, 100, you know? And based on those numbers, I can kind of ex know, you know, it's, it's not real because eventually Facebook decides how much will you be paying for the, the conversions. Yeah. But you can still get it, an image of what you're going to spend, you know? So you, you can, for example, see that I need to spend like a thousand dollars to make $20,000. Is it worth it or not? I don't know, mm -hmm. it depends on the product. So many products that I wanted to test, when I placed it in this shit and I calculated like the, everything, I was like, yo, I need to sell like 10,000 units to make 5K. Mm -hmm. It doesn't make any sense. So move on, next. Mm -hmm. Unless you change your strategy, you know, this uh, free plus shipping stuff and all of that. But if you wanna like keep simple, retail price, discount, traffic from Facebook, mm -hmm. and I keep it, keep it simple, you should definitely make these kind of uh, calculations because if you're selling a product that eventually will make you losing money, you don't wanna sell it from the beginning. Right. You wanna, you wanna be prepared for that. Mm -hmm. Like it should be like a part from your plan. If your plan is to break even and then upsell, so you should know about it. Um, yeah, so that's pretty much it, the next step. As soon as you find a product, make your numbers, you know. Mm -hmm. You mentioned Facebook a couple of times. That's yeah. something that you used back in your early days of dropshipping, mm -hmm. you know, years ago um, and are, are still using today. And I'm curious in what ways Facebook has, has evolved over that time and how, you, you know, how you've had to adapt uh, as well to the platform. Well, when we started like uh, 2014, I think, everyone was doing like post engagements, ads, like really simple posts image, not even a video, nothing special, and it worked, you know? But today it's not working anymore because Facebook is optimizing their system like every day. And today when you run a post engagement, you will actually get engagement. Mm -hmm. You will not get any sales. You can get any few sales, but this is not the main objective of your campaign. So you could have so, post engagement or, or conversion or yeah. traffic. You're talking about the different objectives? Yeah, okay. different ob objectives. So when we started the objectives, you can say that they didn't work. <laughs> you mm -hmm. know, you, whatever you do, like it's, it's the same thing, you're okay. getting sales. Today, it's different because each objective is actually working. You know, if you do a post engagement, you will get engagement. If you mm -hmm. do traffic, you will get, everything is like slowly getting better, optimized. So if I were, if I were starting today and we do it like almost every week, we start, brand new with a brand new pixel. Facebook has this uh, pixel thing. Yeah. So brand new ad account, everything is new and directly website conversion optimized for purchase, even if I don't have any purchases. Because what Facebook does is that they're looking for the people that are buying online mm -hmm. when you optimize for purchase. But if you optimize for engagement, they will look for people that comment, like, share. Yeah. It's good for turning your post viral and then use it as a conversion, but it's wasting more money. Right. You will be spending more money to, to build this vile thing. Do you anticipate 
that Facebook will be the the primary advertising platform for dropshippers for some time to come? Or is there something else on the horizon that you're really excited about in terms of making noise yeah, about products? Yeah, actually there is this influencer stuff. Like everyone is doing influencers. And I think that it's a good way to uh, boost your store when it's getting started. You can contact these influencers that have like a lot of followers and you can pay them like really cheap. It's like $500 sometimes, maybe $100. Sometimes you don't even need to pay them. You can simply send them a free product. They're excited about it. Mm -hmm. And if your product is good, they will do a good review about it on their Instagram page. And this kind of stuff can bring you many sales to charge your pixel, you know, before you even start on Facebook. And then you can start by retargeting them instead of starting with new called ads, you know, instead of going directly to new people that never heard about your product or your brand, you can start by retargeting people that already engaged with your product through this influencer. Mm -hmm. So I, I think that influencers is definitely something that now is big on the online dropshipping business. Um, something that many people talked about but never really experienced with is uh, dropshipping uh, drop using uh, Snapchat. Okay. I heard like many people doing that. Uh, Pinterest is starting to be like a new platform for dropshippers. And yeah, ba basically what I see is that dropshippers are getting smarter and they start to understand that Facebook is only a channel to advertise. It's, it's a simply, a, it's a channel to reach people that may be interested in your product. While when I got started in this business, like Facebook was like, you know, the big, this big thing, you know, yeah. you upload an ad and you make sales, that's it. You don't need any other channels. You don't need Google, you don't need anything. And now people are starting to get more smart about it. They do Google ads, they do Facebook, YouTube, Pinterest, Snapchat, like they try really everything. Yeah. And I think that this is a good thing because they start to, um, treat their uh, dropshipping store as a, as a real business. You mentioned spending, you know, 500 or a thousand bucks on, on an influencer mm -hmm. campaign or influencer uh, post. And I wanted to ask how much money should people be prepared to spend upfront? I mean, you, you talked about starting numerous stores over and over, and I know, you, mm -hmm. you know, there've been a lot of headaches and, and <laughs> failures along the way. What's, what's a reasonable amount of money to, to anticipate putting into a store, you know, to get things off the ground? You know, when I, when I think about this question, I think that if you're, you're st starting like your own dropshipping uh, store, business, whatever, have a business plan, be prepared. Like if, you wanna, if you're willing to pay 5K, what will you be spending this 5K for? Like 1,000 for product, 4,000 for ads, like what will be you doing with this money? Many of the people, most of them, I think like 90, over 90% 90 of people, simply throw money on ads. They create a store, they find the products and start spending, wasting money, 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 mm -hmm. money, money out. Just wasting money on ads, testing and testing and testing and testing. Eventually, they spend like 5K and they're like, wow, what happened? Like, how, how did I got to this point? Now, now I need to back to my daily job. Yeah. Now <laughs> I need to, what will I eat? Like, you yeah. know, n they don't think about this kind of stuff. I got a message from a person once. He said like he sold this car to pay like for ads and stuff. I'm like, why did you do that? Like, do you have any kind of plan? Is this part of your, your strategy? Why did you do that? He's like, no, I just needed money for ads to test new products. So if you're getting started, I think that there is no amount of money. Mm -hmm. There is a minimum, you know, you would be spending money. So you need a minimum. I think like a thousand dollars would be the, 
the minimum amount to get started and building like a real business. You can test products with $100 as well. You know, Shopify is free for 40 days and Facebook ads, like you can spend like $10 a day to test. Mm -hmm. So it's not really an expensive business, but I think you should consider at least 1K, like $1,000 yeah. just to get started. It's not expensive, but it's not free. Yeah, yeah, it's not free. I think that if when you start, you, when you're brand new to this business, $1,000 would be like your fee to mm -hmm. learn. You know, this is your, your, your learning money. What is that thousand bucks gonna buy you? Information. Okay. So if, if, you're, if you're going for a product, for a specific product, and you tested it and you got like good results, so sales, breaking even, losing a bit of money, I think you should keep doing the same niche because you're learning more and more and more about this audience. And at some point you can say like, okay, I'm stopping now. Let's, let's see what happens, what, what, what is happening? Okay, so I know that the customers are buying 25 to 44 age. Most of them are men from Texas or I don't know. Mm -hmm. This product is good for them. And I think that I can bring more value to this audience, to this niche. And now you can start focusing on that. Now, if you wanna keep the general store, it's fine as well. You will build information about people that buy gadgets, you know. But even even if you do a general store, make sure you're under some kind of a niche, you know. So if you're doing like accessories for a phone, stay in the accessories field. Gadgets, uh, drones, I don't know, but in the same field because people that love accessories for mobile will probably like drones as well, you know. It's the same thing. The more money you waste on info, on uh, Facebook, the more data you get. Mm -hmm. So you learn more about this audience. And I think that if you're going to spend money online, spend it to buy information. This is like the biggest thing you need to know. It's not like you're not buying like sales, you're buying information. One thing I know that Ecom Hunt specializes in is, is price recommendations. And I think pricing products is, is a headache for a lot of dropshippers because you have to account for the marketing and you have to account for the shipping. And then if there's discounts going on, I mean, there's just a lot of, a lot of moving parts. What are your pricing recommendations based on and what are kind of some rules of thumb that you think people should, should remember yeah. with pricing? I think that pricing should be always like at least 2X. So if the product is $10, 2X, you know, at mm -hmm. least. Then if you're getting started and this is most of, tip, most of the people, you should uh, price it a bit lower. Like when, when people ask me about pricing, like, why did you, why do you sell like this, this chip? You will lose money. And mm -hmm. I said, well, I know it's part of the plan. So like, what plan? <laughs> like I created an entire plan. I'm going to waste $500, for example, going to bring in sales. I'm going to see sales. You know, when you get sales, you get excited, you get motivated because people are buying. You're like, damn, I'm selling. Yeah, I'm losing money, but I'm selling. So if you're getting started, lower the price. Don't be scared to lose money. You're not losing money. You're buying customers, you're buying information. Then you can use that information to buy more customers that will be profitable. Or you can sell these customers even more. We actually called customers. Like when we started with the photography store, some of our customers bought like one, twice, a third time. And then we started calling them. Like, hey, what's up, John? Yeah, it's uh, Mike <laughs> from the uh, store. It's like, yeah, uh, cool. It's like, do you remember us? It's like, yeah, I remember. Your, your products are great. So he's really excited about hearing someone from the company just purchased that he's actually calling them. They're really happy about it. So you're like, you know, we have this new uh, promotion this week and we're going to sell like 50% discount on our entire collection of tripods. Is this something that you may be interested in? And I'm like, yeah, this is amazing. Can you call me later on? And like, yeah, sure. 
So we're starting to create like this relationship with our customers where we actually call them and we're making like really good sales by calling them, not even using Facebook marketing. Mm -hmm. And the way we got to these customers is by selling at a loss. You know, we sold like products that we're losing money on the marketing, but we have a customer that is happy with our company that it paid like a cheap price, a good quality product. And now we can call him and sell more. And this is where you make the money on the back end. It's not like the front end. The front end is only uh, in the, the software industry, you call it like uh, acquisition. You know, mm -hmm. there you have the part of the acquisition. How much are you willing to pay for a, a customer? And then you have the retention. And this is the lifetime value. How much money can you make your customer spend on your brand? And this is where the big money is. It's not the front end. And this is really also something that really uh, confuses many dropshippers that they think that the product that they are now testing and selling, this is what will bring them success. The truth is not. Like a few of them, yes. A few people that have this luck, you know, they, they, they land on this like really, really viral product and make a lot of money selling a product that goes viral. You know, they make like seven figures and then they start like teaching other people about it, but it's not something that you can teach. It's not, it's like, it's a chance, you know, it's, it's luck. Mm -hmm. It's not really, it's not science. The science be behind whatever business you do is the retention part in any type of business, dropshipping, softwares, offline businesses, everything. The, the business starts when the customers buy from you again. This is where your business starts. This is where dropshipping, I think, gets real, you know, gets serious. So I assume that you're not still calling your customers? What would be the retention? I do call them you sometimes. Still, okay, okay. Yeah, I do call them. I stand corrected. But what would be the, the retention you know, methods or, or strategies that you would encourage people to try to? Well, I, I don't think that it's like, there is like this metric that you should be uh, following. Uh, you, you should be like uh, watching every day, like this is the metric that I need. The most important about these metrics is about how much money you're, you're spending. So if you acquire a customer for, uh, let's say $10, and you're losing $5 on him, you need to make this $5 back and more. So $5 is your minus. You need to break even and then you need to make your profit. I like to do this like within the first two months because if you wait too long, they will, they will forget about you. So I think that the first two months is like really important. Email marketing, you know, send them emails. If, you, if you're not comfortable with calling, email is good as well. You know, you know that they receive the package, send them a personal email, make it look personal. Hey, John, uh, we just heard that you got a product. Would you mind to vote like from one to 10 or one to five? How do you like our product? I think there is the, an app that, do the, that does that. I think. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of feedback. Uh, looks, looks is one, yeah. a really famous one, I think. They do that and it's really cool. You get like honest reviews from customers, what they think about the product and everything. So you could be easily upselling them more products because you, you know what I think, you know what they want now. And th this is, this is for me, this is, this is where it starts. You have the testing part and then you have like the real thing, mm -hmm. talking to your customers and checking out like, do you, do, are you happy with my brand? Can I continue selling to other people? Mm -hmm. This is like your, uh, you know, um, how do you call it? Uh, do your stamp, you know, this is your okay. stamp. Sure. This is a stamp that says like, my customers love me and it motivates you. You get excited about it. It motivates you and you get like this strong will of continuous. Mm -hmm. You know, you want to continue selling to other people. You will be contacting 
magazines, blogs, websites, YouTubers, you will be start you will start contacting anybody out there because you know that your product is good and you can sell it to more people. Mm -hmm. So I think that this is something like really, really important if you're dropshipping. All right, so you have an awesome product that you've ordered and that you've tested that you're proud of, and then you you find prices that are that you think are reasonable and you know they fit kind of the business plan you have. And then another big element to the to the equation is targeting. Um, and you can have you know beautiful Facebook ads and and a, you know your pixel and everything set up just right. But if you're not targeting correctly, then there are going to be issues. What what have you learned about about targeting? And what would you suggest people keep in mind as they as they target this mm -hmm. you know beautiful ad that they created? I think that when it comes to targeting, it's always the same. Like for a few years now, it it's been always the same. It will always be the same. You need to be creative with your targeting. And when I say creative, you need to like build this uh, prototype of the right customer. You know, you need to build like, who is this customer? Why would it buy from you? Why, what problem do you solve? Why is this cool for this type of people? So you, you really want to build like a, a, a fake, you know, a virtual a persona, persona, right? Yeah, you know, you want to build that. And as soon as you have this image in your head and like, this is the type of people that I think would be interested in this product, this is when you open Facebook and start doing targeting. This is, this is like step one. Now, now, you know what? This is step two, actually. Step one would be like the research. So when we started, like, and I do this all the time, when I test a product, I always search online. I search for blogs, magazines, uh, stores, competition stores, brands. I check like Facebook pages. I go scroll in the comments, like I open a, uh, an advertisement on some page that is related to that specific niche. And I'm starting to read, you know, the comments. And then I open profiles of those people just to see like, who are these people? Mm -hmm. And you can learn a lot from them. You can see like, if most of them are women or men. So if most of them are women, it's probably a woman targeting, you yeah. know? Then you can see from the pictures, are they younger? You know, uh, older women, like 45, 60, what are, what, what is the range, you know, the age range. And there is something cool about Facebook that some people forget to disable which pages they like. Mm -hmm. So if you go inside a profile, of someone that commented on this specific niche of whatever product you want to test, you can see like which pages they like. So if you open like a few profiles, let's say you you know, you sample like maybe 10 profiles that are relative, you know, that are all connected to the niche that you want to sell. And then you open the likes page for each one of them and start scrolling down, you know. And then you find those pages that no one knows about them that you can actually target on Facebook. So if you find like, you make a list, like how many common Facebook pages, which is interest, like yeah. in the... How many interests you find, how many common interests you find within this audience, this is probably the right interest to target. Right. And it, it will be low, the target will be low, but it will be super like sniper targeting, <laughs> you know, it will be like really, really focused. So you will have like 100,000 uh, audience size, maybe two, 200,000, but it is, it's enough, you mm -hmm. know, it's enough to get started. This is, this is my way of targeting. Um, I do like sometimes to do like really broad stuff. Like if I have like a mobile case, I have no clue who will buy this product. I will start like really broad. So iPhone owners, 
age uh, 18 to 25 maybe yeah. or uh, 25 uh, to 44 and that's it and <laughs> go yeah. really wild really broad but this kind of assets are really expensive yeah you need to spend like at least 50 dollars a day just to understand what's 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 happening with mm -hmm. these assets so if you're a beginner i don't suggest this uh, this method but go for the first one you mm -hmm. know you had you had a funny story about um, how you you had a, a product a, a mosquito yeah. uh, killer product um, and then you you know common sense said hey let's let's target hot places with mosquitoes and this that's probably where I would have started as well it, it makes total sense but that didn't work out tell, tell me yeah. about kind of uh, the, the second level of, of targeting that you did there yeah so the first part was like uh, hot places like you said uh, it was actually it's not even my idea it's like uh, we, we, we did this uh, we're consulting our users um, like sometimes they ask questions about targeting and uh, story views and stuff so one of them asked about this product this mosquito product and he asked one of our mentors like about this product so my mentor asked like what would you do like what is the targeting for mosquitoes and the first thing that came to my head like I don't know I have a kid like a really small one is like eight eight months now and what bothers me with mosquitoes is that they ambush <laughs> my kid like every morning I see him scratching his skin and it's 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 a painful sight you know yeah. it's really it's really hard to see your, your your child like suffering for these mosquitoes so I was like you know what target young parents because this is something that I know that I, I'm sure that most people don't even think about it because they don't have any kids. Mm -hmm. Most of them are like young entrepreneurs, they don't have kids, they're not even married, so they will never come up with this idea. And this is what he suggested that member and he actually got sales. He was starting to get sales and mm -hmm. it was like, he said like, wow, the targeting worked. I'm like, yeah, it, it makes sense. So something that a friend of mine told me like a long time ago when he told me this targeting secret, I, I call it. He said like, when you're targeting something, what is you know that no one knows? Mm -hmm. And I was like, I, I, I don't understand. Like, what, what do you mean? And it's like, if you're targeting, for example, f fishing, do you know the name of the, you say like top five brands for fishing roads? Like, uh, uh, no, I, I'm not a fisherman. <laughs> I don't know. Like, exactly. If you're doing targeting, try to target stuff that most people don't know about. And so if you're going for fishing, for example, or for photography, go for brands, go for famous people in this niche, because those who know those brands are your buyers. This is pretty much like the concept of targeting. You want to target the, the, the stuff that only the people that are actually your customers, those are the people that you want, know about. Mm -hmm. So in photography, for example, we targeted like a tripod company name. It's called uh, Manfrotto. I don't know if you know that one. Mm. Good sign. <laughs> Ask somebody like, do you know this? I'm not a potential customer. Yeah, so you're I... not a That's great. This is targeting, you know? Yeah. So if you ask like a photographer and like, you know, what is Manfrotto? It's like, yeah, it's a tripod company. Boom. This is your targeting. Mm -hmm. This is where you're going you're gonna to get started. Just sit down, make your plan, make your strategy plan, learn your audience, learn what you're going to target and then go, you know, jump, do it. It's a beautiful place yeah. to stop. Yeah. Thank you, uh, thank you so much for taking the time to chat, Mordecai. I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. All right, David here. Thanks again to Mordecai, and thanks again to you as well for joining us. 
If you're looking for more episodes of Start Yours, you can find them wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll be releasing more episodes all the time, so be sure to subscribe so you don't miss out on any of those. And of course, we'd be thrilled if you took a moment to leave a review. Also, Oberlo.com has you covered for blog posts, eBooks, and other goodies on e-commerce and starting a business. And you can find Oberlo on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Finally, if you'd like to reach us via email, shoot us a note at podcast at All right, talk to you soon.